Uh, good morning, everybody. So glad you're all here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. God is so good. I tell you, the Lord has really just been on my heart this week to just be praying for you and for you to be able to hear from Pastor Justin, from Michelle, from me and my wife, from the deacons and the deacons' wives, from our families, how much we're praying for you and believing for you and believing for lives to be changed here. If you didn't know that's what's going on with us through the week, that's where my heart is as I'm reading the Word and as I'm praying. I'm thinking about you and the things that you're going through, and I want you to know God is thinking about you and the things that you're going through. And I've been teaching the last, I think this is my third week on the wilderness, and I know you're going through it. I know I'm not alone. Uh, And in the midst of the wilderness, God is still moving. And if we will be looking and we'll be paying attention, and sometimes we've got to get around other people for other people to be able to say, hey, God's still moving in your life. You may think he's not, but he is still moving. Um, I just had Peggy Daniels come up and just say, I just want to encourage you and tell you how much we love you and you just make my day. And I'm like, oh. Literally, this was just a moment ago, and I can't tell you how much that means. That's the body of Christ. It's not because I'm special or I'm the pastor. It's just that we get involved with each other, and we start impacting each other's lives. And I want you to know here at Church on the Hill, we are praying for you, and we are with you. And I want to hear your story, and others around you want to hear your story, and God wants to hear your story. We learned on Wednesday night about Elijah, how he had experienced this incredible miracle of watching God just blow up the, uh, all the prophets of Baal. Right before him, he calls down fire, and all of a sudden, all these prophets of Baal are gone. And you know, you would think that when God moves like that, that you're ready for the next battle. But sure enough, out comes Jezebel, and Jezebel says, I see what you just did, Elijah, and I'm going to kill you. She just point blank says, You're dead. And what does Elijah do? You would think he would just call down fire again and boom, Jezebel be gone. But that isn't what happened. Elijah ran. It said that he ran for his life. And he ran into the desert, into the wilderness, and hid under a tree. And was so sad. And And God said, tell me your story. Elijah, why are you here? God says to Elijah, Elijah, why are you here? Before God even gets involved in his story, God feeds him. He, he takes a nap, wakes up, and there's a jar of something to drink and a baked cake. God bakes cakes. Can you imagine waking up in the wilderness and next to you is ice water or iced tea, sweet tea, or lemonade and sweet tea, or lemonade and unsweet tea, which is what I like. And, that, and there it is, still ice in it, out in the desert. In a mason jar. It's in a jar. Anybody say amen? And somehow, a cake has been baked. God feeds him. He meets his natural need, lets him sleep again, feeds him again, and then says, why are you here? And he lets Elijah tell him his story. You've got a story. God already knows it, but he needs to hear it from you. And to be honest with you, you need to speak it out loud and you hear it. Because it can get kind of silly when I start telling my story. I can kind of get, I can kind of start to see how I'm off. Elijah's like, I'm the only one left, and I wish I would die, and I'm done. I'm done. I've done all these miracles. I've, it's been awesome. 
But he doesn't say that. He says, I'm done. God said, now go back to bed. Eat a little bit more. You're hangry. Eat a little bit more. He wakes up and, and he lets Elijah tell him his story again. He tells God his story again. How many here have told God their story several times? Can I tell you? That's biblical. Keep telling him. But listen, because God then says, okay, Elijah, I've heard your story. And Elijah had said, not only do I want to die and I'm done, but I'm the only one left. God, I'm the only one that hasn't cursed your name. And God says, okay, Elijah, you're not the only one. I've got others ready to help you go back where I had you and get back to work. Go back where I had you. And Elijah gets up and goes back and gets restored. And it's just an incredible story. But I want you to know, even Elijah, who experienced all these miracles, has these moments. I am not alone. You are not alone. And listen, it takes, it takes a church body. God speaks to me through his body. God speaks to me through his word. God speaks, speaks to me through his Holy Spirit. But I can tell you a lot of times the Lord speaks to me by his Holy Spirit through you. A lot of times I get the word of God through you. We as a board, we as a staff are praying for you and we are really believing big. You may look around and say, you know, things, things don't look big. No, they don't. But I'm not based on what I'm seeing now. I'm based on my faith of what, God, what I know God to do. What I know God to do in your life. I know that there are some here today that are waiting on a doctor's report. I want you to get your God faith up. Because I'm believing and we're praying um, we have been going through a wilderness experience. I, I've got several. Any, anybody here have more than one wilderness experience happening at the same time? I've got several. And uh, praise God, I, I really kind of wanted Elizabeth to share a little bit, but Elizabeth got a job. I don't want to discount it at all. It's not exactly what we had thought, but you know what? God can do what he wants to do. Um, the problem is so many times we want to get in the way and stop the movement. And God has absolutely moved. And um, our wilderness experience, in my, in my view, isn't over, but it's better. And God's with us. He's been with us the whole time. Everything okay? Um, so... God's been with us the whole time. The song we sang, the second song, I'm singing in the victory. Literally, I'm standing on the promise. Um, many of you have been standing. Keep letting God know that promise. Keep speaking it out of your mouth. Keep talking it amongst yourselves. And keep believing because God is a God who is faithful to his promise. It doesn't necessarily come at the time I think it should come. It doesn't even come in the flavor I think it should come in, but it always comes. God always comes. So let's dive into scripture. We're gonna, I'm going to try to go quickly. I've already rambled a little bit, but let's just dive in. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Um, we have talked about three, two things so far with the wilderness. It's, it, the wilderness is a time for learning. It's a time of challenge. And today we're talking about is a, it is a time of testing. So I'm going to read a bunch of scripture very quickly. So please go along with me. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Get out your iPhones. Get out your Bible. Read along. Read on the screen. And here we go. 
One day Jesus came from Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dear, dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Now you'd think, man, that's awesome. It's going to just be tiptoeing through the tulips the rest of, the, of our life. Have, has anybody ever thought that when you came and gave your heart to Jesus, it just felt so good and you're on fire and God, things are great and things are going to go good for me now? And then you get out the door. I mean, it doesn't take a, but a moment. The Spirit compelled Jesus, the Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. So we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jump with me if you can. Read this along with me. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, again, I want you to know who led Jesus into the wilderness. God did. Why? To be tempted by Satan. Hmm. I'm already not liking that. Jesus was led by the Spirit to be into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became hungry. Was he tempted yet? No, not yet. Now, he was by hunger and he was by thirst. He was in a natural sense, but not by Satan. This is all natural. I want you to know that there are a lot of temptations that come that are not Satan. I can tell you sometimes I think when I'm hungry it is Satan, but it's not Satan. Satan is usually near when I'm hungry. Can anybody say amen to that? Yeah. During that time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So immediately he's going after his natural hunger. But Jesus said, No. Now, how would you say this if you were reading it in a text? No! One thing wrong with texts is we read them wrong. Anybody ever read a text wrong? Inferred? Assumed? And you just mess everything up? That's why most of the, like Cody had texted me a couple things about going down the, the Caney Fork. We went down the Caney. He said, how was it? I'm like, I can't do this by text. I need to yell and to fuss and to cry. And texting won't get that across. So I just called him. I said, I can't text this. I got to tell you, it was awful. <laughs> Justin and I decided to get in at Stonewall, which is halfway between the dam and, the, and Carthage, and got in there, and there is no stream. In fact, halfway into it, it was a reverse stream, and it was 12 miles, and Satan wasn't far. <laughs> I'm still recovering from that. Then the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus says, No. The scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but by the very word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will protect you, and he will hold you up with their hands so you won't be hurt. Uh won't hurt your foot on a stone. Now he's, he's tempting his security. How many of you know we want security? I want physical security. I want financial security. I want spiritual security. I want friendship security. 
I want to know that my best friends won't turn their back and run if something goes wrong somewhere along the road. But how many times does it happen? It happens. We, 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 we break over stupid stuff. It's wanted to happen this morning. Stupid. Stuff that does not matter. So, here we go. Let's keep going. Won't hurt your foot on a stone. Verse 7. Jesus responded, The scriptures say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a high mountain and showed off all the kingdoms of the world of their glory. He says, I will give it to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Now, I cannot speak for a woman, but for a man, power means something to me. I want power. I like, I have pride. I think highly of myself. I don't like people. Uh, I, I, this appeals to man. I'll give you everything. I'll put you over everything. We want to be over everything, but we can't handle anything. But we want to be over it anyway. We still want it, even though we can't do it and we're not qualified to do it. I still want it. But the, the Son of Man, is Satan is saying, I will give you all these kingdoms, which is kind of funny. The argument already doesn't make sense, but Jesus responds, Get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of him. All right, so let's just break this down quickly. I'm not gonna keep you long. First thing I want you to catch that we see here is that Satan waited. Satan knows not to show up with me when I'm strong, when I'm, when I'm full of the spirit, when I'm full of the word, when I'm surrounded by godly counsel. He doesn't show up. He knows better. Satan is not a fool. We learned this morning in Sunday school that Satan's not an idiot. He's smart. He knows the word. And he knows you. And when we're strong, he stays away. When we're strong spiritually, biblically, according to God's spirit and his word and his body. When I'm with a group, you know, if you look at like Animal Planet, it's when the person gets over, it's when the animal gets over to the side that it gets attacked. It's not when it's in the group. When I'm in the group, when I'm covered by the blood of the lamb, when I'm praying and praying in the spirit, and I've got, again, godly counsel around me, Satan is no, no, not there. But he's waiting because he knows me, and he knows eventually I'll be left alone. And my mind will race, and I'll veer from where I should be. And there sits Satan, ready to help me. I'm here to help you. I know just what you like. And I just know how to dangle the carrot. Forty days of fasting. Here comes Satan. I got bread. I'll feed you. When we're hungry... I want you to think about when you have not, when, when you skip lunch, what happens? You're vulnerable. You're touchy. You're moody. It's a funny word of today. I've already used it. You're hangry. You can't explain why you're acting like you're acting, but it's because you're hungry. But also, you're weak. Literally, you're weak. Your body needs nourishment, and you have no resources to pull from it, but you keep grinding and grinding and grinding, even though your body doesn't have it. 
So how do you act during this time? How are your decisions? There have been times in staff meeting that Justin says, I don't need to make a decision right here because I need to eat first. And sure enough, his decisions will be different after he eats. It is a fact. What happens? You get short-tempered. You get dramatic. You, your, your emotions are on overload. And in walks Satan. So again, we see with Satan, second thing, as Satan waited, now he dangles the food. He knows where to tempt you in your natural, in your physical. Then he dangles the, the things that are most close to you um, with protection. He knows right when, when to dangle those things. To get you to make a decision for your own protection, your own satisfaction, right at that moment. Uh, Justin, I'm going to just use you a lot this morning, Justin. That if people ask for money when he's half asleep, he'll give it. And he'll, he won't remember giving it. Or he'll sign up for something like, man, why did I sign up for that now that I can clearly think? Um, he also orders thousands of chopsticks while he's asleep from Amazon. <laughs> they just showed up at his door, and he goes back and sees it, and, oh, at 4 a.m., I ordered chopsticks. Anyway. So, again, knows when you're vulnerable. Why do you think infomercials come on at your most vulnerable time? And you show up with the twist and ski and think, what were we thinking? We, we had that. I don't think it did anything, but it was probably 50 bucks. Somebody got it for a quarter at a yard sale, and it still was a bad deal. Marketing, the media knows just when you're most vulnerable. And Satan's way smarter than they are. And then finally, he dangles power, even worship. How much we want people to worship us. And that may sound completely backwards, but I just mean we, we want... There's something in us that wants to take authority of our own life. We want the top spot. I'm telling you, I can can relate. Satan is for your total destruction. Satan is after your total destruction. So, Joe McGee touched on this. I was so glad how he kind of tied it together. I don't know if you caught, but he taught a little bit about the wilderness But something that really stands out to me is that when Jesus was tempted, Jesus fought back Satan. Jesus fought the temptation of Satan as a man, not as God. Jesus fought Satan as a man, showing us how to do it. He did not use his words. He used God's words. Every single time he said, the scriptures say... Even though he is walking as the word, he showed us how to defeat Satan as a man. So I want you to go back to it. And if you remember the very first one that says, turn all these stones into bread, he responded with no exclamation point. 
there is something to be said about you standing up and commanding no. Once you know, when you say that to a child, they will respond differently. No. They get it. What? What was I doing? No. You say that to a dog. I was running this week. I've never had lots of dog issues, but this week I've been chased by two dogs. One dog went after a car and tried to bite an oncoming traffic car in the tire and almost got knocked out. Got up and came after me. I'm like, no. I didn't do that. I ran to the other side of the road and he followed me. And then I ran back and he went on and I praised the Lord the rest of the way home. But Saturday, I took off down a road I typically don't go down, right in the middle of town, right there by CBS and Fisk, but it's Shanks. Uh, but it's probably named after Bud Shanks' family. I guarantee you it's named after his family. But it's a dead-end road. Sure enough, outruns a, and I'm sorry, it was a pit bull. And I know y'all little baby pit bull. Yeah, y'all just love your pit bull. But this one's like, I'm like, oh, no. When I'm running, there is no good pit bull. I don't care if it is a baby and it won't bite. Satan is coming to get me. So I stop in my tracks, and I turn around and run the other way, and he keeps coming. I call it a he. That's probably sexist. I'm not trying to say that, but he was coming after me. When he kept running after me, I turned around, and I raised both my hands and said, No! Now, I wasn't thinking, God, what did you do in, in um, Matthew chapter 4? What, what, what? No, I just knew, No! Raised my hands up, and the dog just went. And then I took off, and he stopped chasing me. Now, I will tell you, not all dogs will do that. you got some that are just completely crazy and will come get you no matter what. But my point is to say, Scripture says to resist Satan. Submit to God. Resist Satan. And that, that was a moment of success. I can't tell you I always have success, but at that moment, that dog responded to my resisting. Jesus, to Satan, you would think Jesus is the Son of God. He doesn't even need to do anything but just do his own thing, and Satan will leave. No, Jesus responded with um, resisting. Jesus resisted Satan. Think about how if you're trying to grab your kid to give them a spanking and how they resist and they try to get away from you. Aggressive resistance. You may say, I don't spank my kids. Well, that's okay. It's another for another sermon. But resist. Anybody ever gotten hold of something and you try to get loose? Have you ever seen a snake? Do you just gently walk away? Or do you resist? Church, listen to me, aggressive resistance. Jesus did not just say, hey, that's a good one, Satan, but no, I won't take the bread. He said, no, and that's not enough. I'm going to fire God's word at you. This is why, no. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by the very word of God. Then it happens again, and God, res Jesus resists again. And then finally, the last one, um, with power, he says, get out of here. I command you to leave. Jesus does not just fire the word at it. He resists. 
Church on the Hill, the things that you're facing as you come against Satan in your life, aggressively resist. This is not a game to be played. This is your life. These are the decisions that you're making. This is your future. This is God's blessing upon you. You do not let Satan live in your house. You command him out. And what happens when you command him out according to God's word? The devil went away. Now, it took a few times. I want you to know resistance takes a couple efforts. It's not just one and done. Satan tempted him three times before he finally left, but he left. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. As you're walking through your time right now, I want you to know that it's going to be daily for you. You've got to be meeting with God daily. Jesus the Son was ready to meet the challenges in the wilderness because Jesus had met daily with God the Father. It was a lifestyle for him. Jesus went thoroughly, was thoroughly versed in the will and the way of God for his life. As a man, he studied the Word of God. The Son of Man studied the Word of God. A man without sin. Jesus Christ studied the Word of God. You have got to be in the Word. There is no way that when the pit bull runs at you, if you have not studied and filled up on the Word, that you're going to say the Word. You're going to say your dumb stuff. And it's not, the dog's not going to stop. You must use God's word. When you're praying, use God's word. When you're, when you're believing for promises, believe according to God. He's faithful in watching over his word, waiting to perform it. He's waiting for you to engage in, your, in his word. And Satan will flee. I don't care how big your mountain is. I'm going to leave you with this statement. Don't, don't tell God how big your mountain is. Tell your mountain how big God is. Remind them. Remind Satan who God is. It's the only thing he'll respond to. He will not leave you because you're a good person. He will not leave you because you're doing great things. He will leave you because you attack him according to God's word and his will. Then he leaves. You guys stand up with me. What are you believing for? If you all just bow your heads with me. I just, we just need to take a moment just to, to be in the presence of the Lord. And to, to genuinely take account of what you're walking through. Are you facing the things that you're facing with God? And I want to ask you how. Are you in the Word? Are you praying God's Word? Are you believing with, with others? I want you to know that there's power in numbers. It says that when you come together with someone else believing and asking that he does a thing, there is something powerful about a husband and a wife praying together and agreeing. There's something powerful about two people getting together to believe this walk with Christ is not just a one, a, a single thing, just an individual thing. It is something that God puts people around you. It's out of a multitude of counselors do you find the right answer.
how are you battling um, your wilderness experience time here? And I want to encourage you to maybe consider changing your strategy. What are you believing for? If you'll get around the right people and start sharing what you're, gonna, what you're believing for, they're going to start believing with you and start giving you wise counsel in how to get that, how to get what it is that God's trying to do in your life. Let me just pray over you for just a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to just fill us, to just block out the nonsense of things that are going on that don't have any bearing, but to make the, the right things real and a priority, and that we would deal with the things that we're walking through. And God, I just ask you, move. Your word says you're a God of wonders and miracles. Well, God, as we start to turn back to you, God, do a miracle. I just thank you so much for our breakthrough this week. I just pray, Lord, right now over this body that you would just bring breakthrough. Lord, where it seems like there is no way. God, I've seen you do it over and over and over, but I have those moments of fear where I just want to run, and I forget all about who you are. Church on the Hill, get fed get some rest, and get back at it. Get back in the Word. Get filled in the Spirit. Get your prayer life back going. Get back involved with other believers. Father, in Jesus' name, do what it is that you do here at Church on the Hill, over this, over our board, over our leadership, over our staff, over our people. Just pray for healings and breakthroughs and jobs and, and just incredible. God, the, 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 uh, the chained up, set free, marriages restored, people healed, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the dead to arise. It's what you do. Why are we not believing for that? That's what God does. God's not a social country club. God's God. I believe in you, God. I believe in you for my breakthrough and for our church's breakthrough and that lives would be changed. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to turn to you. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. And Lord, we will love you with all our strength, with all our mind, with all our soul. Now bless us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.